will answer me second or will he answer Jesus first? He looks at me through Christ. Praise the Lord, it's indeed a great day to be alive. This is Yango Kutinyan coming to you. Thank you for letting me come into your space. Glad to be here again. Thank God for what God is doing. And I know you do have testimonies. Please, I'd like you to indulge us. Share your testimonies with us. And of course, we'd love to hear from you and, uh, you know, what the Lord is doing in your life. Thank God. And of course, uh, let me also ask that you please help us keep sharing this sharing our messages with different ones. We've been getting some wonderful, wonderful reports, and it's just our joy to be able to do. Hallelujah. We're going to be picking up from where we left off the last time and teaching and following in what we've been doing. Stare up. Stare up. And uh, also, before I really dive, uh, delve into our message today, let me ask you and direct you to our website, www faithimpactmins faithimpactmins.org www.faithimpactmins means is m-i-n-s dot org hallelujah let me begin today reading to us from 2 Timothy 1 verse 6 therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying of my hands for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. That's what God has given us, a sound mind. But I want to stress on this part, stare up. What are we supposed to stare up? The gift of God that is in you. So you've got the gift of God in you. Well, the Holy Ghost is the gift of God that has been given to us today as believers. You know, the Holy Ghost is not going to make us do anything, but we can, as it were, stare ourselves up to yield to the Holy Ghost. And I trust and believe, as we're going to be sharing today, you're exactly going to be able to do that. You know, 1 John 1.20, I want to read uh, some scriptures here. 1 John 1.20, and uh, you'll be able to follow me in your scriptures. 1 John chapter 1, and uh, bear with me here. So I can actually be able to delve into these scriptures. Did I say First John? I'm sorry, First John chapter one, verse uh, chapter two, verse twenty, not chapter one twenty. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. So that's telling us. See, it says we have an anointing from the Holy One, the Holy Ghost, and by that anointing we know, or will actually know all things. And then verse twenty-seven tells us. But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you, and you do not need that anyone teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things. So this anointing will teach us. The Holy Spirit is that anointing. He's the one who anoints us. And he's resident on the inside of us. By this anointing, we will be taught all things, what is true and it's not a lie. And just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. You know, part of what you and I, or we need to learn so critically, is learning how to yield to that anointing. We saw the last time concerning Daniel, in Daniel chapter 10, that Daniel, from the Word of God, he began to find out what Jeremiah had said concerning the uh, Babylonian captivity. The way things were going, things were not exactly lining up 
were where things were supposed to be. So he began to stir up himself, began to seek God. You know, it's time for us to begin to do the same, stirring ourselves up. You know, there is a move of God out there in the horizon. We need to bring that move in. And that move of God is of twofold. In fact, Wigglesworth spoke a great deal about this. That is a move of God that's going to literally sweep the whole world. It will be of the Word and the Holy Ghost, the Word and power. These two waves merging together will be bigger than any move of God that we've ever seen in history. You know, we talk about the last days. We are in the last days. And these last days are last days because there's a massive harvest that is about to be harvested. God is in the harvest business. Well, the last days began, as Joel said, on the day of Pentecost. When Peter spoke up there in the last days, so that was where the last days began. And we are now in the last of the last days. And last is because we're closer now to the coming of the king. Jesus is coming again. But he's not coming as the Lamb of God. He's coming as the King of kings and Lord of lords. You know, when an important dignitary is coming to a town, a city, or a country, there's such great preparation that is put in place. Things are done with such great pomp and pageantry. But now we're not just talking about man here. We're talking about the King of kings, the Son of God, Jesus, who had given his life for us, for the whole world. Jesus is God's gift to all of humanity. And now he's going to be coming like he said he would. Coming first in the rapture, and of course, there's going to be second coming. So the last days pertains or leads to these events that we're talking about. Hallelujah. And God is taking out all the stops. Jesus is coming for a glorious church. And then, right then in the book of Revelations, we're told the bride made herself ready. Well, the bride is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. It says right there in Revelation, the bride made herself ready. So you and I are the ones to make ourselves ready. We stay ourselves up. We get ourselves awakened to the truth of where we should be in the season and the times today to flow with God's program. Hallelujah. Now, leading down in this area, there's some key things we need to do and take real cognizance of. Real, real important. Now, uh, I'm going to read here from Colossians, Colossians chapter 4, Colossians 4. Well, maybe before I go to Colossians 4, let's go to Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1, and let me just read uh, a few verses, then I'll, I'll transition to uh, Colossians say. So right here in Mark chapter 4 from verse 35. So Jesus had just finished a great big meeting. Finished a great, great big meeting with great success. And, and, and verse 35 here tells us, Now in the morning, having risen a long time before daylight, he went out, departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. Did you get that? See, this is Jesus that has anointed with limitless supply of the Spirit. See, it wasn't just about the anointing. Yet the anointing is about it. See, we just think, oh, somebody's anointed and they just go in that anointing. No, there's the aspect of being able to yield to that anointing. 
Jesus, perfect son of God, with all of the anointing that there is, still spent time praying. What does that tell you and I? Whatever anointing we have is finite. It can be increased. It's not limitless. If Jesus needed to pray, and we're told, he would get up a great, a great while before day. This was his habit. We all should have prayer habits. Prayer of getting intimate with God and praying. Hallelujah. I'll read that verse 35 again. Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. If Jesus that was anointed with all the anointing that there is, needed to pray, you and I need to pray. See, prayer is so vital in what God is going to do. Because prayer, praying to God, praying in this area of praying in tongues, that's where we'll be praying. And that's where we can pray like this, or pray with such effectiveness like Jesus was doing here. See, we're taking time, seeking God, and praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in tongues. That's so powerful. Let me go ahead also, read to us here in Luke chapter 5. Luke 5. See, Jesus had a habit of praying, of fellowshipping with the Father. So let me read it here from verse 5, uh, verse 15. Luke 5, from verse 15. However, the report went around concerning him all the more. Great multitudes came to hear him and to be healed by him of their infirmities. So people were already being drawn to the Lord Jesus Christ and they kept coming from every direction. But what do we see here in verse 16? So he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. So it was something the Lord did. He would withdraw and just go pray. Begin to pray. Hallelujah. Now, not only that, next door here in Luke chapter 16, uh, chapter 6, next door here, Luke chapter 6, we see something here, same way. Hallelujah. See, Jesus was such a man of prayer. Verse 12. Now it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. Do we see that? He continued all night in prayer to God. You know, Jesus did this. And if Jesus, the Son of God, the divine Son of God, had to do this, you and I have to do it. Isn't it interesting, back in the early church, with the, uh, uh, when the foreign Jews, the Hellenists, were complaining that their widows were neglected in the daily serving of food. And they, this was an issue in the church. You know what the, disciples, the apostles said to them? Say, choose you among yourself. Seven men of honest report, of wisdom, and filled with the Holy Ghost, that will take care of this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and the ministry of the word. And again, it was repeated. We will give ourselves continually to prayer and the ministry of the word. So prayer is so vital for the people in the ministry, and also for the laity, everybody. We should emulate the master, isn't it? And so that's what brings me here to Colossians chapter 4, verse 2. Talking about staring ourselves up. See, we are spirit beings. 
I made reference to the fact that Daniel saw what was going on in, 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 in the society, in the life of Israel, and decided, no, this is not God's best. We're not told the Spirit of God told him to do it, but he just began to seek God. In other words, stir himself up. Now, can you look around today, either in the church or even without your life as a person, are you exactly where you're supposed to be? Are things happening the way they're supposed to be happening for us today? If not, look at verse 2. If not, it's time for us to stir ourselves up. Hallelujah. And the Bible encourages us to do that. Ever so often, we should take stock of our lives and look inwards and say, My goodness, where am I? Where am I going? Am I where I should be spiritually? Well, if you cannot answer that question confidently, and even if you can, the Bible says, draw nigh to God, he'll draw nigh to you. We seek him. Jesus did not have any fault in himself. But nonetheless, continually, regularly. This is the flow we should be living in. Continually, regularly. The master himself had a lifestyle of prayer. In fact, in Matthew 17, he took three of his disciples with himself up on the mountain. And they saw him. He went there to pray. The disciples saw the way he prayed and the effectiveness in his life. They never said, Lord, teach us to do miracles. Teach us to cast out devils. He never asked for any of that. But what did he ask for? Lord, teach us to pray. Right there in Matthew chapter 6. Lord, teach us to pray. They could link up the success in his life and the things they saw him do to his prayer life. And that will have to be the same for us today. Right here in Colossians 4 verse 2. Listen to this. Continue earnestly in prayer. Being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Did you get that? Continue earnestly in prayer. So that presupposes we are praying already. You know, Luke 18.1 says, Men ought always to pray and not to faint. Men ought always to pray and not to give up. One transition says. So prayer is something. First of all, we're praying to have fellowship with God. It's something we should never give up. It is something that should be vitally uh, 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 a consistent thing that we do in our lives. Colossians 4 verse 2 here says, Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it. Did you realize prayer offers us an opportunity to be vigilant spiritually? This is a, a trove, a, 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 a treasure trove, a huge asset for parents. Hey, dear parent, mother, father, your children are grown away from you. And we see how gone our society is, so liberal, secular, humanistic it is, godless. And we see the evil agenda that's been pushed today. And parents are concerned. They don't want their children embracing this evil, perverted lifestyle that is being touted all over the place. You know, gender-affirming, homosexuality, and all the likes of it. Listen, those things are not of God. We go by what the Word of God says. I'm not denying the fact that people have these urges. I'm not denying that. They have, where maybe in themselves, they have an urge of a man desiring another man, a man wanting a man, a woman desiring another woman, or wanting another woman, or a grown man. Wanting little girls. 
or a grown woman wanting little boys. Those are not of God. I don't desire that. I don't. I, I don't deny that the desire is there. But you see, just the same way a, 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 a criminal might have a desire to stop by and rob a convenience store, the desire could be so strong. But that doesn't make it right. We go by what the Word of God says. And if anyone ever wanted help in that area, I can help anybody. Any believer should be able to help anybody. I can get that deliverer. I can help that person get delivered. All they have to do is be willing and give me the authority, give me the permission to help them. I can help them. Set them free. Jesus breaks every yoke. See, the anointing breaks the yoke there. Hallelujah. It says, continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Meanwhile, praying always, praying also for us, that God will open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I'm also in chains. Did you see there? It says, continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant, so we can maintain spiritual vigilance. Your children or loved ones will be far away from you geographically. But in the spirit, there's no distance. We can connect with them. We can. Whether they're in school or somewhere, you can reach by the hand of the Holy Ghost and get a hold of them. Get a hold of their minds and their consciousness. The Holy Ghost knows how to reach everyone. He knows things about those people they don't even know about themselves and can help people. Our children, loved ones, it works. Many are parents in in history in the past have tapped into this. And you can too. Verse 12 of this Colossians 4 also says, Epaphras, who is one of you? Think about it. This dear brother Epaphras, one of the brethren, this is a bond servant of Christ, greets you always laboring fervently for you in prayers. Did you get that? Always laboring. Prayer is work. Always laboring fervently for you in prayers that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. It means somebody was praying that these believers will flow in God's perfect will for their lives. Oh, that shows you right there how powerful prayer is. How powerful what we're talking about is. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Brother Epaphras, just one person. Imagine he stirred himself up in this area. I'm going to pray for the whole church. You know, we have testimonies that are bound like this in history. You know, uh, uh, in one of Brother Hagin's book, The Art of Prayer, it, I think it used to be The Art of Intercession, there's a story right there, I think at the back of the book, it talks about Old Mother Howard. Old Mother Howard was an old-time Pentecostal woman. And this dear woman lived right here in Texas, on all around where she, she, where she was. It was just one Pentecostal church. And she looked around to see communities that didn't have Pentecostal church. And she took it upon herself daily. Every day. It was said there are times that woman prayed anywhere from about 12 to 18 hours praying in the Holy Ghost. It's only in the Holy Ghost that you can pray for that long. And literally, that woman took the burden of each community around her. She was a widow by herself. But she labored, she put, instead of just sitting in the back there and, you know, maybe doing some goofy thing, waiting to die, she put her life, put her whole life into praying. And we're told 
This woman literally prayed a church, a Pentecostal church, into different communities all around where she lived. Hallelujah. See, like Paul said concerning the Galatian, the Galatian brethren, my little children of whom I travel in birth, again I travel until Christ be formed in you. Listen, I'm not saying you have to begin praying 12 or so hours, but begin where you are. You can do, you know, an hour, 30 minutes or so. One and a half hours. But be consistent. Be consistent. This is the way we do business with God. In affecting people's lives eternally. Infecting lives of generations and whole communities. Hooking up with the plan of God. This move of God that we already have seen in the scriptures, scriptures has talked about, and which has been spoken about by even prophets and different ones used of God. It is our time to experience this. Hallelujah. Gifts of the Spirit in their magnitude and glory. Breaking yokes and destroying bondages in different, different places. And besides, it will work in the church and work outside the church. To God be all the glory. Dear friend, I believe there is a hunger on the inside of you for more of God. What are you going to do with it? Yes, it will involve putting your flesh under. It will involve crucifying your flesh. The Lord Jesus had to wake up a great while before day. Yeah. That time many people were sleeping. Mother Howard. Yeah, we're told. She woke up early in the morning and started her praying. Oh, and that woman. You know, I remember reading in that book and Brother Higgins said, when, when, when the day of rewards come, many are going to be waiting. Maybe even the pastors are going to be waiting expecting they're the ones that will re receive the credit for the starting or launching of those churches. But he said many of them will be surprised to see Mother Howard was not a celebrity or anybody like that, not known many places, will be called because she birthed those churches. Paul said Galatians 4.19, my little children of whom I traveled in birth, again, you know, I was I'm doing that again until Christ be formed in you. Dear friend, are you going to make this commitment? Can you? Yes. First of all, I covet your prayers to pray for us, my wife and I, in what God has called us in pushing this message aside and pushing this message forward into different hearts all over the place. Will you hook up with us? Yeah. I'm inviting you. Pray for us. Five minutes, fine. Ten minutes, fine. Just make a commitment. But bigger than that, God's move. God's got things he wants to do with you, where you are, in your community, in your world right, right there. It's all about the move of God. The harvest that is plenteous and the laborers are few, Jesus said. We are to pray the Lord of the harvest to send forth laborers into his harvest. Thank you for letting me come into your space, dear one. Share this message and I'd love to hear from you. Oh my goodness, greater and greater days lie ahead of us. Are you playing your part? Let's play our part together. God bless you. Thank you for letting me come into your space. Once again, don't forget our website, www.faithimpactmins.org. Once again, many blessings.